0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: It's Monday, July 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes Hoynesy, frustrating, I guess, is the The word of the day after uh, a loss in the finale of the weekend series at Chicago, Uh, the Guardians had a chance to take three out of four. Uh, They had a chance to actually uh, sweep the series uh, had they not uh, lost the nightcap of the doubleheader on Saturday. But uh, they had Shane Bieber going on the mound uh, Sunday, and they ran into Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease did, uh, did what he can do and, you know, really sort of, Kept the Guardians hitters at bay, uh, and Shane Bieber had one one really rough inning uh, in an otherwise pretty good outing. Uh, hung a couple of sliders that got hit out of the ballpark, and the Guardians ended up losing six to three. Uh, he described the outing afterwards as frustrating, uh, just because he had been off for twelve days, hadn't pitched, uh, and and kind of a weird decision not to pitch your ace earlier in the series, I guess. After you know he had he hadn't, you know, been on the mound, I guess, in what, almost two weeks.
0: Yeah, tough, uh, strange decision. I guess, you know, the way uh, Francona explained it is, I guess, uh, you know, Bieber had the longest to travel during the break. He went home to California. Uh, he said he, what, he was plan- had wedding plans to work out with his fiancee uh so when he came back he didn't i guess i don't know how much he threw over the break or if he threw it all um but uh you know they they decided you know to go with the pitchers that you know to rearrange the rotation and go with the pitchers that had had worked you know had gotten some work in during the break mckenzie stayed in cleveland and threw you know off, off the mound at, at progressive field it sounded like the other guys got some work in as well and uh, so beaver goes on sunday you know when he what he got rained out of the last game before the break you know and you would think you know ideally he would have come out and and pitched on that friday night against chicago you know if you if you keep him in in line but you know they rearranged the rotation and uh you know beaver was like you said joe he struggled early uh came back and locked it in but by that time you know he gave up the five runs in the second inning and and you know the game was pretty much over even though cease you know, the, uh, the guardians hit him, you know, hit him early. They, they kind of had some chances. They couldn't catch in, but cease was a little rusty from the break as well.
1: Right. Yeah. He, uh, he didn't have his typical, you know, 10 strikeout performance, uh, cease didn't. And, uh, there was a lot of traffic. The, the guardians had actually out hit the, the white Sox throughout the game. Uh, it was just those two mistake pitches that Beaver threw. And I guess, you know when you when you haven't been on the mound and and you haven't thrown your your, your signature slider, I guess, uh, enough times. Uh, Lurie Garcia, who had only hit three home runs all year, uh, drives one out of the park, and then AJ Pollock he gets in a gets in a bad count, gets in a bad situation, and and Pollock sits on a slider and and drives it out of the park again for a three run home run. Uh, we're just not used to seeing that from Shane Beaver, but what we did see after that was he locked it back in. He got back, uh, you know, to what we expect, and and gave them at least six innings so that they didn't have to burn out their bullpen.
0: Yeah, that was important coming off that doubleheader on uh, Saturday, and especially going into this, uh, you know, this the the two the two next series of this, uh, you kind of a really a tough road trip. You know, now they're in Boston for three, and then you go
1: to Tampa Bay for the weekend series. Right. Well, uh we'll get to t- uh, to Boston here in a second uh because they're uh they're in a unique situation of their own, uh, a little different than the last time we saw them, but uh just to wrap up the Chicago series, they uh uh it, it's pretty much a, a stalemate there. Uh, what? They're they're three games back now in the the AL Central. Yeah, uh, three
0: games back in the AL Central, uh two games
1: out of the uh the, the third wild card spot. And uh, and they gave up a, a game there to Chicago as well. In terms of uh, you know they're they're standing ahead of them. So uh, you, you know all the all the positive energy we were feeling after that uh, first game of the doubleheader on on Saturday, where uh, you know they came out. Josh Naylor had a uh, another clutch hit and and beat uh, Liam Hendricks. Uh, the, the Guardians rallied in that game to to sort of win and then. Uh, the night game, the nightcap was a little more uh, frustrating. Uh, Tito said uh, after that that nightcap, where they sort of battled, uh, took the lead, lost the lead. Uh, that you know, it was it was a positive the, the the way they played, the way they showed their competitiveness in in really in both the games of that doubleheader, but particularly in the night game where they lost. Uh, you know, he was he was not discouraged by that effort.
0: Yeah, they lose five four, Joe you know, they're, they're really, uh, you know, Lance Lynn just, you know, throws goose eggs at him for six innings. They don't do anything against it. They're down three, nothing. Then, you know, as soon as Lynn gets out of there, they, they score four runs in the seventh against two, two of the White Sox better relievers, you know, so they got a four, three lead and they do it, you know, in, in guardians fashion, you know, singles, uh, there was uh, a bunch of singles there was a two you know consecutive two triples a triple by rosario a triple by uh, you know a straw and uh, you know they score four runs and then you think okay they've got it you know they're, they're going to come back they're going to get the sweep and but chicago you know kind of turns turns the tables on them and scores two in the ninth and, uh, two in the eighth, I should say. And, uh, you know, and, you know, get, they, they get out of there with a five, four win and really kind of, you know, change that whole,
1: whole, uh, you know, momentum of the, of that series. Yeah. That's really what happened. It sort of shifted on, on one at bat. And it was the, uh, uh, what was the, the bases loaded single, uh, against Brian Shaw there, uh, that, where they took the lead. So, yeah. Uh, Frustrating, I guess, is the word we open this uh, this podcast with. Uh, I guess it's a it's a frustrating result after they had the opportunity there to to sort of make up some ground and, and put some distance between themselves and the White Sox. Uh, as far as moving forward now into the the Red Sox series, you get four against the Red Sox in Fenway. This is not the same Fen- uh, This is not the same Red Sox team that swept the Guardians uh, uh, earlier uh, in in May.
0: Yeah, definitely. They are they are struggling big time. You know, Toronto went in there and swept a three game series from from the from uh, Boston at Fenway. They outscored them 40 to nine, Joe, in those three games. The one game they what they they scored 28 runs. They beat the Red Sox 28 to five. Uh, the most runs the Red Sox, I think, have ever scored or equaling matching the, the most runs the, the Red Sox have ever given up. Uh, so they've lost nine of 10, three of 13, and they've got a bunch of guys on the, on the injured list.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it, it, chief among them is Rafael Devers, who, who really ate up uh, Guardians pitching when they played at Progressive Field. Uh, they don't have Devers. I, I believe Trevor Story is also uh, on the, the injured list uh, as, as well. So uh, the lineup will look a little different. The, the pitching rotation could look a, a, a lot different. Uh, there's a, a big hole sort of in that uh, in, in the series. Uh, both sides haven't named a starter for Tuesday's game. Of course, uh, you know, we, we sort of looking at options for the Guardians. There aren't a lot uh, it depends on on who's available off the 40 man or if they have to make a roster move uh, to be able to, to get somebody up from uh, the minors to to make that start on Tuesday. Yeah,
0: you know, really, Pilkington. You know, their their go to guy. <laughs> they they went to him already, and he's back down in the minors at, at AAA, so they can't bring him up. And uh, you know, I I'm I don't know. Do they go to a bullpen game, Joe, or uh, do they do they bring a do they add a guy to the forty man? Do they add uh, who you know, uh, uh, Xavier Curry, or do they bring up Logan Allen or or, you know, but they'd have to make a move on the 40 man for each of those guys. Right. And, right. Uh, and then I guess you've got, you know, Tanner Tully and, and, uh, McCarty down there maybe, you know, but I don't, th- we, we still, we're still a little bit unclear if they're on the 40 man as well.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, uh, they've been, they've both been designated for assignment within the last month. They've both been, uh, you know, cleared waivers, uh, accepted other assignments and then come back to the club. So, uh, you know, I think either one of those guys—they—they both made starts for for the Guardians. Uh, you know, this season, uh, I think either one of them could be an option depending on timing, or you know, do, do we find out if the the organization thinks Curry or uh, Logan Allen are are ready? Uh, and and I guess it, it, you know, what the the roster move is going to be will determine you know that the answer to that question are they ready uh you know one way or another uh but i think those are pretty much the options right now or like you said a bullpen game which i don't think uh you know tina wants to do
0: yeah you know i mean they're not adverse to uh you know starting a rookie at, at fenway they did it with policeak who's you know going tonight that's where he made his big league debut uh but uh you know they really haven't had that hot a pitcher you know they haven't had you know those hot pitching prospects like like we saw with uh, Savali and 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 Beaver and and uh uh hack when they brought those guys up a couple years ago when they had all the injuries in in the starting rotation so it's going to be interesting to see how how this unfolds
1: yeah and it's not that they don't have those those prospects that those prospects are in the pipeline it's just that they're not all ready at the same time and ready to go and i guess uh you know in my mind, I think Logan Allen might be the guy that they sort of want to see in that that sort of take that you know role, but uh, who knows? Xavier Curry might be ready. He he stepped forward and his his debut in Columbus was was really solid. So we'll uh, we'll see if uh, if any of those predictions come true. Um, as far as uh, you know, where they're headed with this series, it, it, four games in Boston. Uh, it, it means a lot in terms of, you know, just the ability to, to go there and play. Well, is this offense ready to go into Columbus or I'm sorry, into Boston and, uh, you know, hit there in Fenway. Uh, we, we saw them over the the weekend, the, the top of the order, Rosario, um, uh, Kwan had an amazing series. He was, uh, something like seven for 15 in the series, uh, against Chicago, uh, you know, Hosey was Hosey, and and Josh Naylor had a really strong uh, strong series. the The top three or four guys in the batting order are are really sort of putting together what you know the Guardians' offense is supposed to be. Yeah, you're, you're right, Joe, and I really like what what uh, you know what,
0: uh, you, know, what Straw, uh, you know what Straw is doing at the in the ninth spot. You know, kind of in linking up with uh, uh, Quan in the number one spot. They really kind of, you know, they're turning, he's turning the order over. I think he's got on base, what, 15 straight games now? You know, the guy that was, you know, that two month slump or whatever it was seems to be over. And, uh, you know, they're really, you know, they both, both guys can run. Uh, and Quan is just, Joe, I, how do you think he handles that inside pitch when he's so close to the plate? I mean, guys try to bust him inside and he's just so quick that they, they can't get the ball by him
1: right well and and his hands are back he keeps his hands back he doesn't jump at the ball and that's really the key for him is when his hands aren't arriving too early he's able to to fight off pitches and live to see another pitch and and that's when he gets mistakes and he he's he's able to put him in play you saw that uh yesterday in his last at bat of the the game where you know he fouled off a bunch of pitches from uh Liam Hendricks and and was was able to get to a pitch that he could handle and and loft it, you know, to the right side and uh, you know, barely get it over the fence for his second home run of the season.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And then even in the second game of, you know, that that nightcap Saturday night, he lines out to uh second base with the tying run on third. I mean, you know, Josh Harrison made a nice play on him. But you know that's the tying run, and he's just hit line drives all over the place. I really love when he goes to left field, to the opposite way, just and beats his shift. And uh, really, this guy's you know really an interesting player, and he's, you know, he looks like a keeper, Joe.
1: Yeah, he's he's hot right now, and he's 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 getting back to the level that he was at at the beginning of the season, and uh, he's been able to make adjustments, and that's been uh, you know really outstanding for the top of the order. He, you know who knows he could he could be there as their leadoff hitter for for quite some time if he he keeps that up. Uh, a lot of fun uh, watching Quan and uh, also another guy that you mentioned Straw heating back up. Uh, we saw a, a little bit of it uh, out of Framil Reyes. He hit a two-run home run yesterday. Uh, he he had a, a hitting streak heading into uh, the last two games of the series. Uh, I you know I just I think uh, it, it's been a slow progress, but. Uh, since he's come back from his stint in the minors, uh, Framville is is sort of sort of putting it together. The, the, the numbers don't jump off the page, but he's got to be feeling a little bit better about himself.
0: Yeah, especially going into uh, Fenway. You know, you got the monster there. If he can turn on a couple pitches. But he seems to be going, you know, kind of concentrating on going the other way to me, Joe. I mean, yeah. you know, hitting the ball up the middle. And, uh, you know, big guys like that, that's usually a uh, – you know a good sign of uh, things to come so we'll see how he he does at fenway another guy that that just keeps impressing me joe is is rosario i mean i think he's i think he makes his whole offense go i I, yeah. I you know i you know we've talked a lot about him perhaps being on the trading block but boy i i can't see them trading this guy right now
1: can you i i i really can i think that that's what's going to happen i do think that they're going to trade him I, I think they there's a possibility that trade they trade both Rosario and Reyes wow. but uh but Reyes you know certainly he would he would fetch the most right now in terms of a prospect haul and if they're really committed to what they're they're doing I think they they need to to see what they've got in terms of a young shortstop and bring up somebody like a Gabriel Arias and 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 let that go for the rest of the season I I don't think that they're in the mode right now to uh, to sort of plan for winning uh, at the end of this season. That's just yeah. I, it, I, that that's it's just my opinion. I, I I don't have any you know anything to back that up in terms of talking to Antonetti or Chernoff. But uh, I I history indicates that you know that they would probably make that move. I mean, it, it
0: kind of they're caught in between, you know, I think, like we've said before, I think they're a little ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they've got a chance at the wild card. They, they've got it. You know, they've certainly still in the division race. Uh, you know, their track record says they'll add if they're in this position, but they've got all these guys knocking on the door. They've got to do something with them. But I just think they're a completely different team without Rosario. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and, and God love Arias, you know, I, you know, but I just haven't seen enough of him. Can he, can he do what, what uh, Rosario is, is doing for this club well, on both sides? I of don't, the world? I don't
1: think, I don't think they would expect him to come up here and do what, it, what Rosario is doing. I think it would be sending a message, you know, by, by trading him saying, look, you know, we're committed to what the plan was. And I, I really think that that's the case. So, Maybe, the, maybe he comes out and, and has a monster series in Fenway and, you know, they, their fortunes shift and they get closer to a wild card and, and it makes it impossible for Antonetti to trade him. But uh, the only way that that happens is if he gets like ultra hot, like white hot, like we saw him, I believe it was in August of last year, yeah. uh, you know, the way he hit the ball. If he gets that hot again, then, then maybe it changes the way you think about him, not just for this year, but for the future.
0: Yeah, it's not like he's 30 years old either, you know, so, right. you know, so it, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting call, you know, come the end of this month and, in, in, uh, you know, at, at, at in the start of August, just what exactly they do, you know, and, right. and just and we'll get a clear indication of, you know, just how the front office feels about their chances of contending or are they, you know, are they going to, you know, hold
1: course here and and keep going with the young kids. Well, I'll tell you, on August 3rd, if Rosario is still a a member of the Guardians, you could see, uh, you know, with with everything, we've seen what happens when he is in a good headspace in terms of, you know, he's the shortstop and the number two hitter. If if, if he knows those two things as certainties, you're going to see a complete, uh, uh, as good as he's been lately, you're going to see a guy who can get even better because when he's locked in, uh, he's 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 been so productive. He's been the best hitter, you know. Really, one of the more productive hitters in this lineup, uh, aside from Jose Ramirez, over the last you know season and a half. Yeah, there's uh, no doubt about that. All right, the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremonies took place Sunday in uh, Cooperstown, and uh, you know, obviously the headliner was uh, David Ortiz, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I don't think anybody. Uh, can argue with that. He he gave a, a tremendous speech. Uh, you know he was sort of the the center of attention there. Uh, ter- a typical big poppy. Uh, everybody loves him. And uh, you know what? Do you, what did you take away from uh, David Ortiz getting inducted into the Hall of Fame?
0: Just uh, you know, really interesting guy, uh, Joe. Big big time clutch hitter. Big time you know uh, hitter in the postseason. And he's you know he kind of a fringy you know you know he's he's on that 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 cusp of uh did he use steroids or didn't he he's the, you know he's the, one of those one guys and this is the guy that kind of you know jumped jumped the uh you, you know jumped the shark here he, he made it you know you know a lot of other guys with that taint about him didn't do it and i think his personality his uh you know his, uh, you know, um, his forthcoming, his his honesty about it, his, you know, his, um, you know, and it just his his personality and and his kind of uh, and his performance, you know, uh, on the field, I think overwhelmed people, and he, you know, I think he was a, he was an easy choice to to vote for and get into the Hall of Fame, and uh, you know, just uh, an interesting guy, just uh, you know, fun guy to be around, fun guy to listen to. And a, a great speech.
1: Yeah, uh, not a, a lot of guys in baseball have big personalities. Not a lot of guys have uh, big personalities and the the credentials to back it up. So I guess uh, you know, Ort- Ortiz is his personality didn't get him into the Hall of Fame, but it certainly certainly didn't hurt uh, getting him in on the first ballot there. Uh, other guys that were inducted. Um, Buck O'Neill uh, from the the Negro Leagues uh, was a an ERA committee selection. Uh, he, he passed um, uh, years, uh, uh, you know, I, I believe um, he, class of two thousand six when um, uh, the Negro League greats were were inducted. He, he, he's he's sort of you know, just one of these, uh, bit larger than life figures. When you talk about, uh, the impact that the Negro leagues had on, uh, the game of baseball.
0: Yeah. Uh, Buck O'Neill, um, you know, you know, managed in the Negro leagues, played in the Negro leagues. He, he was, uh, you know, coached for, uh, the Cubs for, you know, for a long, long time. Uh, you know, he, he was a guy that signed, uh, Lee Smith. He was a guy that signed Lou Brock, uh, and, um uh, just, uh, you know, just an all around baseball guy. And, you know, he really, you know, when, when, when a lot of the Negro league players gained entry into the hall of fame, he missed, he missed by one vote on, on, uh, you know, one of the era committees to get in, but the hall of fame still asked him to introduce these, you know, the, the players at the hall of fame. And he was gracious enough to do that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, that kind of uh, personality, he was, he really bridged the gap between the Negro leagues and, 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 and the big leagues and that integration that took place. And uh, just a a great, you know, a great tribute. The only problem is I wish he was still alive to to have accepted it. And, uh, you know, Kansas City loves them. They have that, you know, the, the Buck O'Neill seat that they give away uh, every, to every game at Royal Stadium. That's, you know, someone gets to sit in just uh and and you know if you saw you know what uh what was the documentary on baseball uh uh Ken
1: the Ken burns baseball oh you know, yeah.
0: God he was he was the star of that you know, right. uh, you know I've watched that a, a million times and I he, he it brings a smile to my face every time uh he comes on there he you know he really kind of that was a an awakening for I think not only for every baseball fan but you know for and it put him on the map
1: right uh, other guys, uh, Gil Hodges gets in, uh, Tony Oliva gets in and, uh, and Minnie Minoso, uh, who was really a, a barrier breaker. Uh, and he, he played in Cleveland, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland and with the White Sox. So it was a, a big weekend for, for both uh, of those franchises. Uh, just a, a really great thing to have Minnie Minoso, uh, in the, uh, in the hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Minnie, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, played in the Negro leagues. He, he, the Indians signed him. Uh, you know, brought him to the big leagues. They traded him to the White Sox, and the White Sox traded him back. He was my favorite player, Joe, growing up. I, he was the first guy I saw, you know, at the old stadium slide head first into, uh, into first base. And I thought
1: that was the coolest thing ever. Wow. <laughs> That's all it took. After that, Hoensie was hooked. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, was hooked it, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Minnie Melissa, known for his speed, known for his, uh, his, his quickness too. Uh, but just, uh, his, his, uh, I believe he was one of the first, you know, Latin players to to sort of, you know, he 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 broke barriers the, the same way that uh that Jackie Robinson did uh and 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 is deserving of that sort of recognition. Yeah, definitely uh, uh
0: you know, Clemente said Minnie Minoso was his uh, hero. You know, that that led his, that that proved to him that he could play in the big leagues. So, you know, he was the first uh, you know, a uh, latin american to to break into uh the big leagues the cuban comet you know he uh, just uh and there's a great story when oliva got cut from the uh the twins you know uh, many said you know he got to give it another shot and he, you know he was going to go home to cuba and and uh you know oliva you know stuck it out and uh he's in the hall of fame
1: that's great they both go in together Uh, All right, Hoinze, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow to to recap the first game of the uh, Boston series here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.
0: All right, Joe.